go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Today, Tone to Shields, my man, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports here. And I just got to be honest with you. Uh, it's a victory Monday for the Eagles, for the Cowboys, for the Giants. This is the best division in football, Tone. But I, you know, since we'll keep it local first here with Philadelphia, I got to tell you, Tone to Shields, I thought I was going to be talking about a loss today until Kyler Murray decided to be a bonehead. <laughs> hey, listen, Jeff, look, like they always say, a win is a win. But, you know, uh, it's, so, it's so much to really break down from this game. First, I want to give credit to the Eagles for getting the win, for standing tall, staying sturdy. It wasn't a clean game for anyone by any stretch of the imagination. Believe it or not, Jalen Hurts played a pretty efficient game, completing 26 or 36 of his passes. That's about 72% of his passes completed. So he managed the game. He made the throws he needed to make. And he, he moved the chains, but for some reason, they weren't able to sustain drives in the red zone. They st- they're still struggling to complete the drive in the red zone, be it because of penalties, be it for whatever reason. But, you know, the reason they won this game is time of possession. And they got, and they got extremely physical with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, there's so many reasons why they won this game. There's so many reasons why they could have lost this game. Um, but I'm curious to know, you know, what were some of your observations? So the first thing, I I, I got to address the elephant in the room here with Kyler Murray. I'm one of those people, I kind of see things where they happen, right? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, uh, John Vigan's going back to that soft coverage. And I get why he did it, because you don't want to get beat by the Marquise Brown big play or Kyler Murray finding AJ, AJ Green downfield, whatever. So I, I was okay with that. But the Cardinals just moved down the field methodically with a minute in basically a minute and eight seconds tone. And look, Murray can do it all. You know, Colin Murray got in video game, mode, essentially. Uh, no pun intended. But he takes that run on second and 10. He slides early. I didn't think he slid early at first, but then I realized he did right away. And I said, oh, don't do what I think you're going to do. Don't do what I think you're going to do. He spiked the ball. I'm like, well, now you got to kick it, right? Got a kicker with Matt Amendola, who tried to lose a game for the Kansas City Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's your kicker because Matt Prater's hurt. And then, you know, um, they show the, the replay, right, uh, of him missing the kicks. And I'm like, wow, he might miss this 43-yarder. And he did. He missed it the same way. He missed it to the right. So I'm thinking, what if Kingsbury really told Kyler Murray to spike the ball no matter what? Are we blaming Cliff Kingsbury? Are we blaming Kyler Murray? Are both at fault? Because to me, this just seems like poor late game edu- execution. I almost said education. I, I, I got to be honest, Tone. The Cardinals had that game in the bag and they lost it. Yeah, they, they had an opportunity. That's the bottom line. They had an opportunity, but they didn't capitalize. And you could look at Cliff Kingsbury. You could look at Kyler Murray. Me, I tend to look at Kyler Murray because it's it's not the coach's head job only just to you know down in distance, right? 
as a quarterback, you're supposed to be fully aware of what's going on as well. So um, for one, he slid too early. Okay, that was what it was. But to spike the ball in that situation just shows a lack of awareness, a lack of preparation for those situations. Um, It just shows incompetence. Uh, to be getting paid that much money. And look, I'm not one to pocket watch or count people's pockets. That's not even really my style. But to being, but to be compensated the way he's being compensated, you get paid for those kind of decisions. You know what I mean? Those kind of decisions make or break careers. And that wasn't a shining moment for Kyler Murray at all. But, you know, I kind of want to, you know, find, I, I kind of want to try to find a positive, you know, in this, in this win, even though it was ugly and it was gritty. And it doesn't matter how good or bad you are. You know, sometimes you need these kind of wins, you know, to wake you up a little bit. Um, I want to give credit to the Eagles pass rush. Now, they didn't get home often, but early in that game, you saw them forcing Kyler Murray off his spots. You saw them forcing Kyler Murray to speed up his internal clock. And, you know, Hassan Reddick, you know, he got the, he, he got the lone sack of the day. But, again, they were, they were definitely – making Kyler uncomfortable earlier on. But eventually, you know, the Cardinals found a matchup they liked in the middle of that field. And, you know, even though he got an interception, C.J. Garner-Johnson, you know, he started to get targeted. So, if since we want to talk positives here, I got a couple. First off, yeah. this is why Jalen Hurts is better than Kyler Murray. On that third and, what was it, 12? I, I, I'm trying to remember the down distance now. But when the Eagles were run the ball down the Cardinals' throat, Tie game 17-17. Hurts sees the blitz. He knows he's going to get hit. Throws a perfect ball to Dallas Goddard. Absolutely perfect ball. Goes to a security blanket. Goddard gets the first down. They move the chains to kill another two minutes off the clock. Kyler Murray does the slide. The inadvertent slide too early. Those are the difference between a winning quarterback and a losing quarterback. And I'm not saying Kyler Murray's a losing quarterback, but there's the difference right there. Jalen Hurts makes that play. Kyler Murray doesn't. Second off, Sua Opeta. All the crime in the world. No sacks, no hurries, nothing. Didn't give up anything. Jason Kelsey, no sacks, no hurries, nothing. Didn't give anything up. Land Dickerson, nothing. Pitched a shutout. Those three were incredible on Sunday. Everybody wants to talk about Jalen Hurts was rushed. He was. But the Cardinals sent different types of blitz. They went after Jack Driscoll. Lane Johnson only gave up one pressure. Isaac Samal didn't have that great of a game. But those three, you got to give them credit. The Eagles were able to run the ball their way. They were, you know, Jalen Hurts was protected. I got to give them all the credit in the world. All the credit in the world. For Sue Opeta, a guy who I've maligned a lot over the years, not on this show, but on Twitter, he had one hell of a game Sunday. One hell of a game. Yeah, for sure. They 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 targeted Driscoll early, and Driscoll struggled in his game. But he's a backup for a reason. And then also a little bit that left tackle spot is not his natural position, right? So he was um it was opposite day for him, you know what I mean? And what I didn't what I didn't like about that situation was they did they waited too long to try to get the offensive line comfortable uh, comfortable. And look, you know, there were injuries throughout the offensive line, throughout the game. The guys were guys were going, you know, guys were shuffling in and out, Landon Dickerson and Jason Kelsey being shuffled out time and time again. So it was really hard to build um synchronicity in uh, and you know, in pass pro, so my logic was watching this game. Okay, your guys are your guys are being shuffled in and out. Guys are getting hurt. Guys are struggling, especially Jack Driscoll. What's the best way to protect him or or build his confidence? Right, get the run game going. You know, get you know, get him going forward. You know what I mean? Take that pressure off him to, you know, pivot back or backpedal. You know what I mean? JJ Watt was definitely giving him hell. You got to get, you got to find, do the play calling. You know, now it's time to get a little bit negative, just a little bit. The play calling was extremely pedestrian today or yesterday. I was not pleased with it at all. I felt like they threw way, way too many bubble screens. And I don't know if that was, that clearly was the game plan to attack the edges, you know, to attack outside the numbers, you know, to attack the flat. That was clearly the game plan. But it got to a point where they were responding to that. You, you have to you have to throw in some more wrinkles in there, and then I believe Miles Sanders didn't touch the ball enough, in my opinion. You 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 you, you gotta you gotta get Miles Sanders going when he when he's feeling it. This whole team it, it just opens things up wide open for everybody. But you know I don't know if the Cardinals defense is that good. I don't know if you know the play you know the game plan for the offense was just that lackluster. You know what you know what, what did you notice? Because I saw way too many bubble screens. 
So the Cardinals' defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. I knew they were going to give the Eagles fits. And their secondary is a lot better than people give it credit for, too. So I'm going to see that. A.J. Brown disappearing did not surprise me at all. Uh, it, it did. They, they made sure to target him and to make sure he didn't beat him. But that's fine. You had Devonta Smith. You had Dallas Goddard. I get why the, the bubble screens were in effect. It's a very aggressive defense. They're trying to blitz Jalen Hurts, give Jalen Hurts short crisp throws and go from there. But I agree with you. They should have ran the ball. They should have ran the ball a lot earlier in the first half. Miles Sanders only having 16 car- six carries for 15 yards is unacceptable. You, you just yeah, cannot have it. 15 carries, yep. Yeah. It, 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 I, I mean, to me, six carries for 15 yards in the first half, just unacceptable. It, it, oh, yeah, that should yeah. not happen. Yeah, so that's what bothers me, personally. I think they should have ran the ball more. I know you're in that Boston Scott. You should have ran Trey Sermon. You should have ran Kenny Gainwell more. But in my mind tone, they made up for it on that last drive. 17-17, Shane Slyke could say, you know what? We're going to pound the ball down their throats, and we're going to see if they can stop us. And they really should have done that the entire game. And I think they did that a lot in the second half. Said, This is what we're going to do. Kyler Murray is not going to beat us. And this is how he's not. We're going to keep him off the field as much as we can. And, again, this brings up your point, time of possession. They had the ball for nearly 35 minutes. On that last drive, they had it for over seven minutes. I mean, this was a 17-17 game with nine minutes left, plenty of football left, and the Eagles just shortened the game completely because they were able to run the football, and Hertz was able to make the clutch throws. So I thought they should have ran the ball more. And here's one thing I thought they were going to do, and they never did on Sunday. Because the Cardinals are so aggressive, you were setting up the bubble screens for maybe a go-route over the top with A.J. Brown, with Devonta Smith. But when I rewatched that game last night, I, I rewatched first half after that uh, Ravens thrower, it wasn't there. So I, I guess they had to deal with the cards that were dealt. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to give credit where credit is due. The Cardinals' defense is significantly outplaying their offense, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. And look, at the end of the day, it was a road game. Um, historically, the Philadelphia Eagles struggle in Arizona, right? So it, it, it was it was a recipe. It was a cocktail for disaster for the Eagles just because of history, right? They don't win in Arizona. Uh, it's a road game, um, you know, hostile environment, even though the Philadelphia Eagles fans took over uh, that stadium. But, you know, again, they came out with the win. And, you know, you need these you need these kind of things under your belt, right? You need you need these kind of wins, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, be- beautiful or ugly. This is, this is how, this is, this is the size of a good team being able to overcome the opposing team, taking out your number one guy, you know, you know, limiting your offense to, you know, to a certain degree. And then at the end of the day, your quarterback taking what they gave him and leading a game winning drive, you know, like you said, they made up for it, right. You know, running the ball significantly, significantly well, uh, in that final drive, and you need those kind of those are the kind of drives that win championships. Those are the kind of drives that that you know that win you know those conference championships, right? The wild card games that that's a playoff winning drive. When you have a running game that can push guys around and dictate the pace like that, you're you're going to be hard to beat once you get deeper into the playoffs. You know, once the weather starts to get colder, you know that ball gets a little harder. You know, you're going, you're going to you're going to need those kind of drives to seal games. And and what we're seeing from this Philadelphia Eagles, this, what we're seeing from this Philadelphia Eagles team right now is that they know how to close out games. Something they struggled with long ago. I firmly believe if this game would happen last year, they lose this game. You know what I mean? And look, defense didn't play their best at all. They were porous. They were porous. Jonathan Gannon. You know, I have some questions about him. But at the end of the day, they were able to maintain possession convert third down at the third down and Jalen Hurts made all the necessary throws and he didn't lose the game. He led his team to victory and he was hard on himself, but he, he was hard on himself, you know, you know, after the game, if you watch his press conference, he was, it was, he didn't have the same air in his voice um, as he did previously. He clearly was really upset with where the game went, even though they won, you know, he, he, he's, he's a highly critical guy. And, you know, that's, that's something you want um, from your quarterback position, uh, a guy who's uh, never settling a guy who's never satisfied. Well, Sunday's game, I'm sure they all felt if, look, we play this game next week, if we play this game against a better team, we probably lose it. But here's the thing. I think the Cardinals aren't a bad football team. I actually thought they played overall their best defensive game of the season yesterday. Until Kyler Murray has blunders, I actually thought he was playing one of his best games of the season. You know, he was moving the ball efficiently. They were moving the ball well with the hurry-up offense. I mean, 
That's how the Cardinals' offense is designed. Eagles just kept them off the field. That's why they lost. And at the end of the day, I think the Eagles got their best shot against an Arizona Cardinals team who is only one game out of the division. The 49ers are the only team in the NFC West to win yesterday. So they're not done. And I, I just think the Eagles got a good shot on the road against a good team. I, I mean, you can say what you want, Eagles fans being there on the road. That's fine. It's still a road game. It's still a road game. And it was a big win for them in a, in a city, in a state where they have not won since 2001. It, it's huge for them. And we got all week to, to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. But I got to get this off my chest, Tony. They look, they look good. They look very good. The Eagle, th- that defense is going to be a problem all night long on Sunday. It's not just Micah Parsons. It's Demarcus Lawrence. It's Neville Gavimore, Galmore. It's Starnes Armstrong. It's Jalen. Uh, sorry, not Jalen Smith. Uh, he's on the Giants now. Uh, um, uh, Leighton Vander Esch. It's Anthony Barr. It's it's Anthony Brown. It's it's Sharon Curse. That defense is for real, Tone. I know they're going to face a much better offensive line than they've been facing the last couple weeks. But still, I think the Eagles just need their guys healthy, and the Eagles just need to be efficient and not turn the football over. Because let's be real here. If they slip up against this Dallas team, Dallas is going to beat them. No, it's 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 funny, right? Last week, you know, I I told you that I don't know about this Dallas. Like, this, did this Dallas defense? Did this Dallas defense really go up against offensive? Go up against a good offensive line? I don't know. I don't know specifically. I don't think talking about, line, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Specifically uh, talking about their pass rush, right? But you know, I'm watching parts of that game yesterday, the Cowboys and the uh, Rams, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. I have I have to eat my words. They are they are and look this. I have no problem admitting when I, I I didn't have it right. I have no problem doing that right. That's that's the fun part of the sports thing. You have an opportunity to um see new evidence, um, or 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 just be proven wrong in general, right? You know, a bad take is a bad take. That Dallas defense is is for real. They're for real, and. I'm paying close attention to guys like Trevon Diggs, who who got burnt a couple times uh, yesterday, but nonetheless, I'm paying, I'm paying attention to that defensive line. I'm paying attention to how how in sync they are. You know that Dallas defense is is really sharp, and it's going to be tough. This offense, this Philadelphia Eagles offense, has to be on their A game, right? And we have to get healthy. The offensive line has to get healthy. You know, I expect Melada to be playing. Uh, against Dallas, then got it to night game, so he gets a little, a few more extra hours, you know, to rest up. Um, you know, Samalu, like you said, played a good game. Uh, we need Dickerson healthy. You know, we, you know, we, we got to make sure Kelsey's healthy as well. So, you know, there's so many, there, there's so many nuances to this Cowboys game coming up that's going to be really fascinating. Um, but man, you know, really quickly before we get our guy Mike Gillen here, you know, Dallas had a had a very good win yesterday. The Giants, man, who who would have saw that coming? <laughs> who, who who saw the Giants going over to London <laughs> and beating the Green Bay Packers? Now, and the, the, this this is interesting, right? The, the New York Giants have all the confidence in the world now, in, in their minds. Because if if I'm them, this if I'm them, this is what I say to myself: Well, we beat the car, we beat the uh, the Green Bay Packers. We could beat anybody. And that's and, and and that's where and that's where they are right now, and I can't get mad at that. So the NFC East is is is, is back in full effect, and man, it's going to be really interesting. You so, you know what's so crazy, real quick, Jeff, and I'll let you and I'll let you close out this segment. Every team except for the Commanders, of course, uh, in the NFC East have have a high quality victory under their belt. You know what I mean? The Eagles have you know the Cardinals and you know the Vikings as high quality victories. You know, the Giants have the Packers as a high-quality victory. Um, the Cowboys have the Rams and the Bengals, both teams that were in the Super Bowl, as a high-quality victory. So, you know, all I know is the NFC Leafs has become the NFC beast. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Tone? It really is crazy. And I, I got to say it's about the Giants to close this out. They didn't just beat the Packers on Sunday. Don't let them score fool you. I thought they owned them. I thought they owned them on offense. I, I mean, the Packers' defense, I thought, was much better than that. And the Giants made fools out of them. They made fool, that defense made, fool, made a fool out of Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers looked lost in that game Sunday. So, to me, that team is for real. I don't know if they're going to win 
eight, nine, ten, ten games, whatever. But they are going to be a problem all year for whoever they face. They they are well coached. They execute things well. It's amazing what a coach can do for a football team. And Brian Dable, in my opinion, is the early favorite for coach of the year. Yeah, absolutely, my man. But you know, we'll see how we'll see how this thing pans out. You know, it's still very early in the season. You know, we're only you know we're we're only five weeks in. So look, man, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But next up, you guys, we have our man Mike Gill in the building you guys know he's a regular force man you know doing amazing things uh in new jersey you know on on espn radio 97.3 if i'm not mistaken so man really appreciate him for always coming in and uh and, and locking in with us you guys are locked in on good morning nfc east he's jeff kerr i'm your guy tone to shows the second keep it locked you guys at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Hill in the house Monday, so we always have Mike Hill on. I'll be on Mike Hill's show later. Mike, I got to apologize to you, though, for not being able to come on Friday. I was caught in Philly's fever for the moment, and I thought that game would be long over by 5.30. Uh, we figured that. We were uh, dancing around it ourselves, so uh, we had it on. We were kind of half doing a show, half watching, half kind of having a watch party, and uh, the times for the Games in this round are not much better. So, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the afternoon games. But we can celebrate a Phillies win all all week. But it's Victory Monday. And hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you. This is interesting. Uh, the Phillies are playing the Braves, and it's Dallas week. What are people more into right now? I mean, I remember 
I've been on the air for a while. I remember in like 09, um, the Phillies were in the playoffs and the Eagles played in consecutive weeks, New York and Dallas. And not a lot of interest on the football. When those Phillies games were happening, this is Dallas week. It's 4-1, and 5-0. and You got the Giants 4-1. and I mean, this is a big week. And yet the Phillies are now starting to grab some of the attention. I think this city, though, is caught in both because the Phillies are playing Faust Money against the Braves. They probably shouldn't be, but they're going to have a home playoff game at Citizens Bank Park for the first time since 2011. That's going to be Friday. And if it does go to game four, you're going to have that. Saturday. And then you got Sunday night football at the link, Eagles Cowboys, the first time both teams have entered this game on a four plus game win streak since 1992, Mike. You could have a game five to decide the series on the same day. By the way, what do you do about that? Do you play – like, does Fox say, hey, we're going to play this game at night, or are you going to make that an afternoon game? I don't know. I mean, if you're baseball, you want prime time, I would guess, but you're going to put the prime time game five Phillies with Philadelphia in it up against the Eagles at the same time to try – I mean, I, I don't know. I, I that's not an envious situation to for baseball there. They, they, they got unfortunately bounced by the fact – you know, they had the lockout. So everything got pushed back by a couple extra days, and it's put them in this in this situation. If you look at that American League schedule, though, they have a couple more days off in between. The, the, the National League, they play Tuesday, Wednesday. They're off Thursday. Then they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's not as many days off in the National League side. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I get that here. Like, I initially thought game five was Monday. <laughs> but, but I digress. Um, there's a big game Sunday night. I just need to know your thoughts, though, on what you saw. I'm going to start with the Cowboys here because I thought the Cowboys played extremely well yesterday in a lot of areas of this game, especially on defense, especially around the football. But there's no way Cooper Rush could start if Dak Prescott's healthy this week, right? Um, I don't want to say no way. I don't think I don't think Dak's going to be ready to play. Look, I don't think Cooper Rush is why they're winning these games. Um. I actually love Dallas on the money line. I thought they are just a better team right now. The Rams are a mess. Their offense is a mess. Uh, but Dallas defense is that good. Even if the Rams offense was average right now or, or just a good offense, which there haven't been, Dallas's defense is legit. They're legit, legit. One of the Rams struggle. Their offensive line has problems. Where did Dallas give you problems? They get to the quarterback. Um, their defense is really, really good. I think the difference is how are they going to coach? that offense when Dak Prescott returns. Uh, Tony Pollard had a big game yesterday. They ran the ball well. I think uh, Cooper Rush, correct me if I'm wrong, had like 10 completions yesterday. You can't yeah. win like that long term. Um, so, no, I, I I don't think Dak's going to be ready, but I don't think it's preposterous to replace Cooper Rush because you're not getting enough from your offense right now. You're just not. Now, could this team in this year win like that? I don't think there's a challenger anywhere in the NFC. I mean, it's Philadelphia, it's Dallas, and I think it looks like a, a little bit of a drop-off after that. I think so, too. I Right now, I, I got to say, I'm like, I think this is the NFC Championship game preview. I don't want to hear about the Packers right now. They The Giants beat them pretty good in the second half on Sunday. The Buccaneers got a gift rough in the passer call to survive the Falcons. I Look, the Buccaneers are – they're going to be in the mix because they're the Buccaneers. They got Tom Brady. But overall, the NFC West, to me, it looks like the 49ers are the best team, but they played the Panthers. And the Rams just don't have an offensive line. This is how the Cowboys are going to win football game. If you have a bad offensive line, you might as well just hit the line on the Cowboys. And and most teams do. That's the thing. And the Eagles are very similar. I mean, when you have a bad offensive line, the Eagles get to you. They get they don't have to blitz. They can get to the quarterback without blitzing. That's what John Gannon likes to do. When a team has an okay or average to, you know, or a good offensive line, you know, that's where the Eagles have to get a little bit more creative. They have problems getting to the quarterback. But most teams don't have good offensive lines. This league is littered with awful offensive line play. The Eagles are one of the outliers that have this really good offensive line that was banged up yesterday. It was part of the reason why I thought their offense looked a little bit out of sync and out of sorts, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. But, look, Dallas is <laughs> – over the years, they have been the most talented team, sometimes most de definitively in the division, 
many times in the conference. They have been one of the worst, most poorly coached teams. Well, Mike McCarthy is getting out of the way right now, and he is allowing Dan Quinn to excel on defense, and Kellen Moore has done a really good job of scaling their offense back and allowing it to be what it should be, more of a run-oriented, time-consuming, let the defense get some takeaways for us. That's what their offense should be right now. But they are generally the most talented team, but the most poorly coached team. The coaching isn't getting in the way right now. Yeah, it's weird too, right? Because when you have a franchise quarterback, you're like, okay, we're paying this guy $40 million a year. We got to throw the football 40 times because that's what we have to do. And I think a lot of teams fall in the trap of that. Dallas isn't doing that with Cooper Rush. And look, I don't think Rush played well at all yesterday. He had two fumbles. One, he was lucky to recover. The Rams were just so porous offensively. And Dallas's all, uh, defensive line was getting to Matthew Stafford left and right. I don't want to hear about Matthew Stafford's injuries, even though he is hurt. The bottom line is the Rams can't protect him. Sean McVay, for some reason, just doesn't run Cam Akers as much as he should. And outside of Cooper Cup, who does this team throw to? I can't even tell you who their number two receiver is most weeks, and I'm pretty in on on with the Rams. It's just they need Odell Beckham. Well, what happened with Allen Robinson? They spent some money, brought him out, couldn't get, can't get in the ball. Uh, they don't run the ball because they can't block. Their offensive line is a problem up front, so they don't really trust the fact um, that they should probably run the ball. Their offensive line is a problem. That's look, the Minnesota Vikings for years have had a lot of talent, right? Justin Jefferson. Delvin Cook, these are guys that you draft in the first round of your fantasy draft. They put up big numbers. Adam Thielen, when he was a stud, he was a very good player. They're a mediocre team, not because they don't have very good skill players. Their offensive line's a travesty. The Rams are falling into that spot right now where they have skill players. They're not on the level of Minnesota's skill players, but their skill players are pretty good. They can't block. And if you can't block in this league, you have problems. You're mediocre. You can't win week to week by not being able to block up front. And the Rams are falling into that problem right now where their offensive line is not equipped to keep up with with this league right now. Well, what's gotten me upset with this division is people are kind of writing it off, even though the Eagles are going to know Cowboys are 4-1, Giants are 4-1. I heard people tell me this yesterday. Well, who have the Eagles beaten? I said, well, one, the Vikings are 4-1, and you demolish them, so there you go. I don't want to hear about, oh, the Jaguars win. Isn't that impressive? Guess what? I think the Eagles may have found a blueprint to beating the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are a team going through growing pains. Houston did the same exact defensive scheme the Eagles did. Lovey Smith is not stupid. So it's a copycat league, right? Um, what, what's the other uh, big win we thought the Eagles had? Was it? Not Washington. Well, they beat the Lions. They beat the Lions, who yeah. looked, yesterday looked like they were like are starting to run out of steam in terms of, um, you know, their offense got completely shut down yesterday after putting up thirty plus points every game. Their their offense started to fall apart. But you can't keep playing like that. Their defense just cannot keep them in games, and then the offense has a bad week. Look, the Eagles' schedule is what everybody else's is. There's nobody on these schedules. Nobody has anybody to beat. If you look at every team, you're going to say, well, they haven't beaten anybody. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Well, the Giants beat Green Bay yesterday. All right, well, at the end of the year, are we going to be looking at Green Bay as this impressive team? Maybe not. Um, do I think the, the Eagles of the three teams have probably played the weakest schedule of the three? Dallas has beaten Cincinnati. They've beaten the Rams. And I guess the Rams, you would say, is their best win. But that Rams team right now is a shell of its Super Bowl self. Um, there's just no depth in this league. The, the league is just filled with mediocrity and parity all over the place. So every fan base is getting the same conversation. Well, we haven't beaten anybody. Or, you know, Dallas is saying, well, Philly hasn't beaten anybody. And New York is saying, well, Dallas hasn't beaten anybody. And Philly's saying, well, New York, you haven't beaten anybody. Nobody's beaten anybody because there's nobody to beat. The league stinks. This is how bad the league stinks, Mike. After next week, Eagles have a bye week. You know who their next three games are? Pittsburgh, Houston, and Washington. Listen, you're going to go through a whole season of they haven't beaten anybody. That's the facts right now. That's what it is. There's a whole season filled of you haven't beaten anybody because guess what? We talked about it three weeks ago. There's nobody on this schedule the whole season 
that you're going to say, well, that's the game right there where we're going to find out. No, yesterday might have been the stiffest test you're going to get. That Arizona team, it's a shame they don't have DeAndre Hopkins because you put Hopkins on that offense, that adds a big dimension to that team that they just simply don't have right now. They just don't have that, you know, I need a first down. I mean, Zach Ertz had a big game yesterday, but th that losing DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I, or getting him back, that's going to make them a, bit, a little bit of a factor maybe in that West if they can share. What is he out for, another two weeks maybe? I think after week six oh, he's come back. Okay, one, one more game. game. So they get him back. That adds another dimension. I thought their defense played really well yesterday. I thought Vance Joseph did a good job. He likes the blitz. He didn't over-blitz yesterday. He kind of disguised it. He picked and chose his spots when he wanted to blitz. Um, I, I thought that their defense did a really good job. Um, their problem is on the defensive side of the ball – I just don't – I mean, Buda Baker is a pretty good player. They just don't have that playmaker. They just don't have that guy, that that one guy. Like, who am I game planning for? But that Arizona team may be the best team that Philly plays the whole season, other than Dallas, other than Dallas. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I, I thought Arizona was a lot better than people have been giving them credit for leading up to that game. I thought their defense played as well as I thought they could yesterday. It's a, you're right. It's a very aggressive defense. Vance Joseph disguises blitz schemes. And look, Jalen Hurts came into that game a 58 pass rating against the blitz. Uh, I, I think he improved that. I think he had like an 80 pass rating against the blitz yesterday. So that's pretty good. Jalen Hurts, all, all things considered. But that offense, it's that offense was moving the ball well too. And they, they're down guys. Uh, they lost James Conner. They lost Daryl Williams yesterday. They were still running the ball effectively with Ian Benjamin. And I, I said this on uh, a couple Cardinals uh, radio shows and podcasts this week. If you guys are three and three when you get DeAndre Hopkins back, look out the NFC West because the Rams. Well, yeah, go ahead, Mike. It, well, it, it's like look no further than what's going on in the baseball. Uh, everybody all year long, the Phillies aren't good enough. They don't do this. They can't do that. The Mets own us. The Mets beat us. The Mets this. The Mets are done. The Phillies are going on. We put way too much stock. Look, we all are, are products of how we grew up. I'm 45 years old. We grew up where the regular season, it meant everything, and every game felt like they don't matter anymore. The regular season, I hate to say it, it doesn't matter. 162 games, the Phillies won 87, the Mets won 101, the Phillies move on, the Mets are out. Same with football. You just get to certain points of the season healthy. If you're 3-3, three and three, you're still in this thing. You know, everybody is going to be in it. If you're 3-3 three and three after six games, it's uh, can I stay healthy and can I get going at the right time? Right, we see nine and seven teams win Super Bowls. They get hot at the right time. Why are they nine and seven? Well, I don't know. For three, six weeks, I was missing my best receiver, or uh, you know, if this happens. We gotta stop reading so much into every single game and every single week. Like if the Eagles were to lose yesterday, people would be in the panic mode. But it really wouldn't have been that you're, you lost a game on the road against a team that you know that week had your number. All right, wash it off. Get ready for the next week. That's the NFL now, and, and that Cardinals team. If they can get the three and three, you're right, Jeff. With getting Hopkins back, they're going to be a factor in that division because right now they're probably better than the Rams are. What upsets me as a sports fan, and you know me, Mike, huge baseball fan, huge. I had to hear on social media this weekend, again, the cesspool of all evil, that Major League Baseball has a Mickey Mouse postseason now. And they're, they're getting just like the NFL because you win all these games, you're not getting rewarded. I can't help but the Mets won 101 games and decided they, they couldn't win a three-game series against the San Diego Padres. Same well, with they the didn't get rewarded. I'd say a baseball rewarded the, the, the better teams more than any other sport, maybe, finally, where the division champions got buys, yeah. and these three-game sets were all in your home ballpark. So I, I, I think it's it's a little watered down, the fact that you have three rounds now, but and it's a 3-5-7, but – uh, no, I, I think they reward it. I mean, football, it's a one-game situation. Uh, the one, the, the, the top two teams get buys now, right? Yeah. So this is where I was going. Like, I had to hear this last year. Well, the Eagles wouldn't have made the postseason if they expanded it. Well, they did expand it, and baseball expanded it. I don't know what else you want. There's 14 teams. It's going to be 14 teams in the NFL postseason the entire time. There's going to be media teams in there. But here's the thing. It's not like two's guaranteed to beat seven especially this year. No, well, the NFC, I, I actually, and I said this on inside the, uh, uh, excuse me, Birch 365 a couple weeks ago. I, I'm on there every Wednesday with Jody and, and John, and I said, 
I don't think the AFC is all that. I think everybody's saying how great this AFC is. I said, I don't think they're all that good either. Uh, other than Buffalo, Kansas City. See, I wasn't a big fan of the NFC West. I thought those teams were all kind of, eh. Uh, um, I don't know. Who else is out there? Baltimore? Cincinnati. What's that? Baltimore? Baltimore's defense is rough, although they played much better last night. Cincinnati's been very dis. Other than Buffalo and Kansas City, which team in the AFC do you think is any good? You know what's crazy about that about that cop? The Jets are too right. They look really good yesterday. Now they're playing a third string quarterback, but that doesn't mean that the Dolphins defense should have given up 40 burger. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like against the Jets, for God's sake. So Look, these teams, we also, this also goes back to like how we grew up and watched teams. Like there was a progression. Like you, you know, you were four and 10, you know, you were four and 12, and then you got to eight and eight, and then you were nine and seven. Now teams are going from, now there's 17 games, but you're going from a four win team, and you can make the turn in one season to get back into the playoffs. The Eagles did it last year. I think the Giants could be a team that, went from misery, four wins I think they had last year, to getting themselves to nine or ten wins and maybe being a playoff factor. The Jets might be in the same boat where we have this thought of, well, you can't go for this lousy, lousy team for four, five, six years, and then all of a sudden in one year flip it. And the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, for God's sakes. I mean, so don't be surprised if one of these teams who had a terrible year last year, no expectations, come in and make a surprise. Now, are they going to make a deep run in the playoffs? Eh, probably unlikely. But, again, Cincinnati went to the playoffs for the first time last year in a long time and went to the Super Bowl. So one of these teams might be able to th – this league is so wide open. It's get into the playoffs. It's, you know, who's playing your best. And this league right now has a lot of mediocre, good teams, very, very few great teams. As a guy who ranks divisions – when I was looking at the schedule before the season, and I'm like, wait a minute. The NFC East gets to play the AFC South and the NFC North. Two teams that I am just hell-bent on saying that they are the worst divisions in football every single season. And everybody loves to say, oh, the NFC East stinks. No, they're the real stinky division. The Bears are terrible. I'm sorry. They're not a good football team. I know they played the Vikings stuff yesterday. They're not a good football team. The Lions can't stop anybody. The Packers aren't that great now. The AFC South. The Titans are in first place. I don't think they deserve to be a first place team. The Colts don't look good. The Jaguars lost to the Texans. The Texans were the worst team in football going into yesterday. It's and the NFC East gets to play teams. I mean, it's very possible the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants can each play those eight games and roll out of their minimum of two records. Yeah, again, there's no depth in this league. The league stinks, and the Eagles happen to get the worst of the worst divisions, right? I mean, the South, um, it's it's been bad for you. It's been very mediocre. I mean, you had Tennessee with 13 wins get the number one seed, and nobody really believes in them, and they got knocked out last year. Now, uh, Tennessee, by the way, another cover. I gave you three straight covers with Tennessee, man. They're a covered machine. Um, they probably are the most – complete team in that division and that's not saying much look the the whole nfc the whole nfl forget the nfc forget the nfc east right now the nfc east is is, is definitively the best division in football does that mean that all three teams are great no it just shows you the state of the league right now you know what's crazy about this whole division and how they're doing i don't think the giants are going anywhere to, to be honest, I, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it, it's weird. It's I, I think they're going to win their fair share of games. I think they're going to be eight, nine wins. I, I mean, it's very possible if you look at the schedule. But I thought they passed their litmus test yesterday. They got a big one in, in New York on Sunday against Baltimore. I, by the way, I, I'm also getting tired of these teams not having bye weeks after London. I don't think that's right for the Giants. Yeah, we saw that. Um, so we were talking about this on my show that uh, how they didn't set it up. I said, well, there's no bye weeks yet. No one's had a bye week. They could move the London games back in the season a little bit so that the teams can have a bye either, you know, going in or getting out of them, uh, more so getting out of them. Um, look, the Giants yesterday won a game where I don't know who was playing wide receiver. I'm trying to think of some of the guys they were throwing the ball. <laughs> 
but my main point is we talk about skill players all the time and everybody loves skill players at the fantasy football society. They have no other than Saquon Barkley, but there's nobody that they want that there's no receivers on that team that you're like, these guys, they got so the Giants just I thought I, I love Dable. I that was the guy I wanted Philadelphia to hire. They got Sirianni and he's done a great job and I can't complain. But Brian Dable was the guy I wanted Philadelphia to hire when he uh, when they were hiring a coach after Doug Peterson. That guy would have been great in this town, by the way. He loves it. He's fired up. He's a perfect, he would have been a perfect face of this organization. Brian Dable, they got the right GM. It shows you everywhere in life, in society, leadership starting from the top matters. The Giants don't have a much different roster. They just have a better coach. They have a better leadership. They have better culture, everything. And they're buying in. They didn't buy into Ben McAdoo. They didn't buy into Pat Shermer. They didn't buy into Joe Judge. They certainly didn't buy what Dave Gettleman was selling to putting that team together. But they buy into this guy and this regime. And now you're seeing wins translated on the field. Yeah, they're going to be a problem for every single team they face this year. There's no doubt about that. By the way, Mike, are the commanders done? I mean, they're they're three back of second place. Uh, and Carson Wentz blew the game yesterday. It's it's a comedy of errors right now. I think they're done in the East. I, I think of the three of the four teams in the East. Yeah, they're they're the worst in terms of culture. What are we talking about? Culture. Uh, to say that Dallas has a better culture than you, that's pretty crazy. But that's the case. Uh, Ron Rivera, I think, is maybe a guy. When they hired Ron Rivera, the thought was, oh, the Redskins are finally going to get this right. They're going to turn this ship in the right direction because they got a guy that had been a stabilizer for Carolina. He made Carolina a team that made you buy into them until he didn't, and he got fired because Carolina turned into a dumpster fire, and they're still a dumpster fire. I think Ron Rivera is not It's not the same. The league has changed on Ron Rivera, right? Uh, he... That whole regime out there was brought in to kind of try to give that team credibility, and it's not working. So you wonder if Ron Rivera's style is just kind of passed by in the NFL right now. Uh, they have talent. That was a Washington football team, or whatever the hell they're called, commander's team. Nobody cares what they're called. That's their problem. They, they're just an irrelevant franchise. This was a great franchise when we, you know most of us watching were growing up the hogs you had the people dressed up in the in the in the bleachers like the hogs and they were the class of the nfc east they sold that franchise snyder's a complete jackass the thing the the place is a cesspool to work and i think the, the game is kind of passing ron rivera by and his techniques most likely aren't working right now are they the worst team in that division yeah but are they the least talented i'm not sure about that yeah and that's what's frustrating right i, I thought for a split second for a split second Maybe Carson Wentz can win this game. Maybe. He should have been picked on the throw before he actually threw the interception in the final seconds. But you're, you're right, Mike. Uh, overall, there are two coaches right now I think are their hot seat is really, really warm. And I won't be surprised if one of them gets fired today, and that's Matt Rule. But Ron Rivera, look, he hasn't had a winning season there. And I said this at the beginning of the year. I, I don't care if he won the NFC East two years ago. They were 7-9. and nine. They, they weren't exactly good. And yeah. they're not good this year. And the Giants are better. The Cowboys are better. The Eagles no. are better. What are you going to do to fix this? Oh, by the way, the fans don't care. That's why I try telling Eagles fans, when you say you take over Washington, everybody takes over Washington. They don't care there. No, and which is crazy to say. That that was a great fan base. Um, I, by the way, I said two weeks ago, Matt Rule is going to be out, and he's probably going to be asked to get out so he can get a college job. There's a lot of them right now that are opening so he can kind of get himself ready. Uh, I, it's been a bad situation. I like Matt. I think he's a very uh, positive guy, wrong fit for the NFL. Um, just not a good NFL fit. I think he'll be a tremendous college coach again, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. Well, I don't know when their bye week is, but if it's coming up, I would imagine soon. Uh, the Washington situation, the fan base, you've lost them. That area <clears throat> is very transient. It has changed. The stadium stinks. It's in a terrible spot. It's tough to get to. It's not a nice stadium. It's not a cool place to be. Uh, and the team's not a cool team to follow. And somewhere along the line, 
Um, I'm trying to remember where it kind of fell apart for them. It's been so long. They had the RG3 team that seemed like, man, the NFC East is going to have to deal with this RG3 guy for the next 10 years, and then they messed that up. They had the one random team here and there that's kind of – they've won divisions, but they've been like nine and seven division winners. They're not building down there. They're, 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 the front office is a disaster. The ownership group is a joke. This is who they are, and guess what? It's nice to have them in the NFC East. Yeah, but yeah. before we close, I actually think they lost the fans when that year Marty Schottenheimer was there. They went eight and eight, and I, I forget the – I know he got fired at the end of the year. I think he went on a losing streak at the end of the year. And Marty Schottenheimer was still a good coach. And Dan Slayer said, you know what? This is unacceptable. You're fired after one year. He goes with the Chargers, rebuilds them, makes them a Super Bowl contender. And Washington decided to bring back the corpse with Joe Gibbs, essentially. And, I, I oh, no, it was Steve Spurrier first. Then Joe, that's That might have been when they lost him, when Steve Spurrier was there. Bit of comedy of errors down there. And again, it goes back to if you have poor leadership and poor organizational setup, your product on the field's going to be poor. And right now, I know, and I wasn't one of them. So all you guys watching, I hope you go back and watch the tapes. Never been a Howie hater. Never. I have no part of me that ever said, I need him gone. He's the problem. I want him gone. Did he have mistakes? Yes. Did they have bad years? One in a handful of... Howie Roseman's been a part of the organization for over 20 years. They haven't had back-to-back losing seasons in any of them. Um, they have the right guy in there. You're not going to win every year. You're not. You're not winning every year. You're going to make mistakes. But how do you rebound from your mistakes? The Eagles have that foundation in place. That's why they're one of the best organizations. Are they the best? No. Are they one of the top five? Eh, maybe right on the fringe. They're not Washington. Right, they're, they're not Washington. When you have the right guy in place, you don't just cut bait because you had a four and twelve season. Why did you have a four and twelve season? Look into it a little bit more. Okay, let's try to get out of it. Philadelphia has gotten out of this because they have good leadership. They have a good front office. Does everybody love Howie Roseman? Probably not. The players they probably think, ah, he's lied to me. That's that's part of the job, but. That's why Philadelphia is where they are, and that's why Washington is where, where they are. Once again, Mike, I appreciate you coming on. I love having you come on Mondays, especially when it's a victory Monday. It is a good time right now to be an NFC East fan because this division is good. It's coincidental, right? I, I've had this show for five, six weeks, and the NFC East is good. Maybe we got to keep this up. Hey, it looks like you might be on to something here, man. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll see you at 530, Mike. All right, everybody. See you. And you can catch me on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. Mike Gill was on for 2-6 on 97.3 ESPN Radio. Uh, he will be at the fabulous Ocean Casino and Resort. So it's going to be a fun time uh, with Mike Gill today. I uh, can't wait to talk some more football. I got to write one thing I learned about each team, and I'm going to give you guys a preview here. Uh, with the Eagles, I am still very impressed with that win. Because I, I don't think they played well yesterday. I thought I was going to come on here and talk to you guys about a loss. I did not think they were going to win that game. I, When they kicked the field goal, I'm like, good. At, at least make the Cardinals have to kick a field goal or get a touchdown to win the game. But I thought the Cardinals were going to roll in there and score a touchdown with under a minute left, and then we'd see what Jalen Hurts would have to do. Uh, you know, probably would need a miracle touchdown to win. Didn't happen because Kyler Murray is a dope. And, look, I like Kyler Murray. I like him a lot. I've interviewed him. I've talked to him. I think the guy really does want to win. It's just I don't think he knows how to do that, right? You know, everybody makes the Call of Duty jokes. Fine. It's I, I think in him. So Cliff Kingsbury telling Kyler Murray, you got to spike the ball after you run this play. Well, guess what? He didn't cross the line. So now you're going with a backup kicker here. And – to kick a 43-yard field goal, which he was having trouble making kicks and warm-ups to begin with. Just a comedy of errors. The Cardinals blew that game. They probably should be tied for first in the NFC West right now, but they're not. And those are the breaks good football teams get. And the Eagles just don't make those mistakes. And you got to give Nick Sirianni credit. you got to give the Philadelphia Eagles credit for that. They don't make the mistakes these other teams are making. That's why they're 5-0. and That's why they can play bad and win football games. I got to give the Eagles credit for that. I do. And look, this is why I think they're going to be 
competitive the entire year. And I think they'll put up a better performance against Dallas this week. I mean, they better. I think Jordan Malaz is going to be healthy. That shoulder injury didn't look as bad as we initially thought. So I think he'll play. But if I'm Dallas, I'm playing Dak Prescott next week. If he shows any pulse, I'm playing Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush did not look good yesterday. They're not winning games because of Cooper Rush. He's a game manager. But Dallas has to run that same offense. They have to run the football. They can't be throwing the football 40 times. Because James Bradbury and Darius Slay are going to be ready for you. They are. And the Eagles defense is going to get after Dak Prescott. Look, Dallas lost Jason Beers, too. They lost their guard. They're banged up. I don't think their offensive line has truly been tested yet. I think it's been a lot better than I thought. But it hasn't truly been tested since week one against Tampa Bay's good defensive front. The Eagles are going to be the best defensive front they've faced. And, yes, they faced the Rams and Aaron Donald yesterday. But that's all the Rams have right now is Aaron Donald on the defensive line. That's it. The Eagles got Hassan Reddick. They got Brandon Graham. They got Josh Sweat. They got Fletcher Cox. They got Jordan Davis who's coming to his own. Javon Hargrave. You guys get the picture. It's going to be a huge, huge test for Dallas next week. I think it's a huge test for Philadelphia too. But I think it's more of exercising demons, right? The Eagles haven't beat Dallas under Nick Sirianni yet. I'm not even counting the Week 18 game. But Dallas runs this division until Philadelphia beats them. Philadelphia gets their chance Sunday night. The Giants place play a very good Ravens team next week. I still think the Ravens are really good, even though their defense blew two games for them. They, they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Bills. The Ravens are 3-2. and two. They just came off a huge win on Sunday night football. And Lamar didn't play that great, but they won. They won the football game. That's what the good teams do. That's what Baltimore did. That's what Philadelphia did. This division is going to be a problem all year long for a lot of teams. A lot of teams. And I'll say this. We're not jumping too far ahead, but I, I mentioned the schedule. After Dallas for, for Philadelphia, it's Pittsburgh. It's Houston. It's Washington. It's Indianapolis. Then Green Bay. Eagles have a real opportunity here. If the Eagles beat Dallas Sunday, we'll be talking about can the Eagles get the number one in the NFC? Will they be in position? We can talk about that when it's time to talk about. I just wanted to bring that up now because that's how big the stage is for Sunday night. It's huge. It's going to be an awesome weekend in Philadelphia, guys. And it's going to be an awesome weekend. The Phillies in the playoffs against their rival, the Atlanta Braves. They have a shot. The Eagles play the Cowboys. If you're a Flyers fan, they start their season on Thursday night. It's going to be a huge weekend for Philadelphia sports. I can't wait. It's going to feel that 2008, 2009, 2010 vibes all over again. Except the real difference is the Phillies and the Eagles are both good. Like the Eagles were good in 09. They were good in 10. But I don't know if they were Super Bowl teams. This team might be. They just might be. And that's how I'm going to sign off the show today. Once again, I'd like to thank Mike Gill. I'd like to thank Tony DeShields. I'm Jeff Kerr for CBS Sports. Good morning, NFC East. Tomorrow, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. Still working on my guests for tomorrow, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Verse 365, with John McMullen breaking down the Eagles' win over the Cardinals. Coming up next. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Birds! 
and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio 